0: This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of 100 Words or Less. I am your host, Ray Harkins, talking to people involved in independent music, making it, creating it, releasing it, just just involved in it, right? That's what that's what we're here for. And the guest this week is Chris Number 2 from Anti-Flag. And you know, I'll be honest, He's, uh, he's made the rounds on a lot of other Friends podcasts. And, uh, you know, anytime that happens, uh, I understand that certain bands are on a press cycle and they're, you know, trying to get their name out there. Um, but, you know, I, I, I try my best to not to, to pay attention to what else is out there. So I'm not asking the same sort of line of questions that, uh, you know, you may have heard on other shows or what have you, because everyone has to carve out their own little niche, so to speak. But um, yeah, so that's uh, that's what we got. But Chris was awesome. I actually went out to their show, hung out with him for a bit in the uh, the green room. You know, the beautiful green room here at the uh, Constellation Room slash observatory here in uh, Costa Mesa, California. And um, yeah, it was cool. I actually was really anticipating getting interrupted like four million times, but fortunately didn't happen. And Chris was super engaged. He uh, loved doing the podcast and uh, really expressed that to me after we were done recording. And uh, I appreciated it as well. Like I, I, I always like it when people thank me for the interview. It's like, oh, well, thank you. Thank you. It's just that uh, perpetual cycle of, uh, of endearment towards one another. But um, anyways, I've got some fun stuff to tell you about before we uh, dive into the interview. First off, there is a new band that you need to be aware of that is coming out with a record. On March second, which is Friday, on Take This to Heart Records, the band is called Barely Civil. I got hit up by them, and uh, I just I fell in love with the band. I was like, "This is such a cool track. This is such a cool record. I think I love what the label Take This to Heart is uh, doing, and uh, you just need to hear this." So, the song I'm going to play for you is called you with a cap me with a baseball bat and i want to play it for you and that's what we're going to do and uh yeah then we'll uh i'll I'll intro the uh interview all right so here is barely civil great band Civil, and like I said, they're coming out with a record on Friday on Take This to Heart Records, and uh, just check it out, Barely Civil, boom, there we go, and another cool thing I gotta tell you about is Rockabilia. they are partnering with the show for another couple months, and I love that fact, and here, you, you need some band merch, right, you probably need some some sweaters for colder weather, sweaters, sweatshirts, that's what I meant, hoodies, zip-ups, whatever you want, they got it. And it's officially licensed, so that way you're not buying crappy bootleg ripoffs. The bands aren't getting paid. That's terrible. Rockabilia takes care of all of that hassle because, I mean, what are you going to do? Approach a band to (laughs) properly license their material and make your own t-shirt? No, no, no. But what you're going to do is go to Rockabilia.com and use the code PCJabberJaw, and that will give you 15% off your order. Please do that. And they've got so much rad stuff. It's like half a million items. You could buy anything you want from any band that you could possibly desire in your head. You could be like, yo, I want a Touche Amore shirt. Boom. Got it for you. How about a minor threat shirt? All right, here we go. How about Moose Blood? You name it, they probably have it. And I just named some bands that I saw stickers of right now. So <laughs> that's that's what uh, that's what I got going on. But Rockabilia, love their partnership. Remember, 15% off. PC Jabberjaw, which is obviously the name of this network that we are a part of. So please go to Rockabilia, support the artists, support that business. They know what they're doing. And uh yeah, they love they love supporting these independent music podcasts. So thank you very much, Rockabilia. And uh yeah, go give them, go give them some love. And what else do I gotta tell you? Well, I'm I'm life's good right now. You know? I moved into my new house. Going to some shows, going to movies, kind of get back into the uh, the swing of things as far as like putting art in my head, making me happy because you know there are times where if you don't feel like you have that connectivity to all the things that uh, you enjoy, then you you know you feel a little maybe stuck in a rut, something like that. And uh, I, I was feeling like that over the past couple months, but there's there's a lot of uh, exciting things coming up. Taken is going to be releasing a new EP, which is my band, at the end of April. And we're, you know, getting the pre-order and all that stuff set up. So I will let you know once that is happening. And, um, yeah, the show is clicking along. Almost going to get to 300 episodes. And I'm so excited about that. But, anyways, that's that's that. Chris number two. He, uh, I mean, Anti-Flag has always been a band that I have respected so much. Because they have forged their own path. They've sold a lot of records. And they've always remained relevant you know whether or not they are the most popular band at that time is almost inconsequential they are just doing their own thing influencing people from across the board and uh, now it's just awesome because their uh their career is seemed to be some sort of a resurgence especially in europe like they're just just massive over there so it's cool and um i just like it so chris number two is talking to us and this is what we got here you go You'll you'll have to uh, you you'll maybe have a memory of this. So you guys, you toured with Saves the Day in H Two O, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was like two thousand two thousand. Okay. So I, I I saw that show. I think at Kane's Barn Grill in San Diego. Ooh,
1: yeah, that was that a was horrible. A, it was vision. a meathead one.
0: It was. I was. I've never gotten a in fight in a show, and I almost gotten a fight mm-hmm. in that show. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the 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 thing that I walked away from that show beyond almost getting in a fight was the fact it was like i had never really uh i was aware of your band at that point i was you know enjoyed the music but i never really made the connective tissue of like because you know i'm whatever i'm straight edge hardcore kid like and i I looked at anti-flag and i was like oh yeah they're cool but like you know i didn't i didn't see the connectivity between (laughs) the Mm -hmm. the punk band that i knew anti Flag to be with any of the other bands that you know not only existed in that bill but in the same scene yeah i'm sure that goes on with anti-flag constantly, Mm -hmm. you know, judging the book by its cover. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Has Mm -hmm. that always kind of been the case for anti-flag in general?
1: What's really remarkable is how um, from day one, we've maintained an ability to be able to present the ideals of the band and the songs and the art of the band in any scenario. Right. So we've played the most insane metal festival that there is. (laughs) Right. We've been with You know, H2O in 2000, when it was the New York hardcore thing. Totally. Um, We've been, uh, you know, before that tour, we did Rage Against the Machine dates. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah. So, (laughs) I mean, we've been able to play anywhere um, because we have this overarching agenda that we can shape um, the way it's presented, you know. So, uh, I feel like on that tour in particular, it was definitely a much more. Um, Hot Water was on that too, right? Hot Water did some of the dates, but right. we we did, it was um, Saves the Day, Us H2O the whole right, time. Right, the whole time, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think that like, uh, uh, there was a element of how do we keep this positive, play into the parts of hardcore that we think that are really cool and really interesting, and, sure. uh, 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 and how do we, you know, for back of, for lack of a better term, just connect it to what we do. Right, and um, uh, uh, I think that you know, at the time, the four of us in the band were straight edge, so we got along with that vibe. <laughs> totally, to, you know, like, totally. There was a lot of things that connected us to it. Um, I was a huge Saves the Day fan, and I still am. I mean, they're my favorite band of my generation, mm-hmm. and um, I think that for me, it was just nice to be around those guys. They had, they wrecked. Uh, to their van two days before they jumped on that tour. And yeah. I thought that wasn't going to happen. It was going to happen. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, I remember and, that uh, happening. And they powered through, you know, and they were so young. And it was funny because I saw Chris not too long ago and we talked about that tour. And <laughs> he just said, I, I remember hearing you guys got paid $500 a night and thinking, Oh my That is God. so much money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, you're like, well,
0: dude, I can easily see why people retire. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just do yeah. a couple of tours like that, yeah, and just yeah. like, man, you're done. I just you're I, done. You're so done. much. Yeah. But I mean, I, that's, uh, I like how you phrase that because I mean, it's probably the same way that you know, when you are a band that is going to be the heaviest band on a tour, mm-hmm. how you don't want to maybe, you know, like bum people out by just being, all right, we're just going to pummel them for mm-hmm. <laughs> 40 minutes mm-hmm. playing the heaviest songs that we have. Yeah,
1: and, and again, I think that that for, you know, some folks that just create art for art's sake, yep, um, they are um, put in a scenario where you know there's one presentation for that sure um for us because we are trying to spread empathy and not apathy and optimism and not cynicism and all those you know um uh the messaging of the band mm-hmm. uh uh we're okay with conforming that to the scenario you know it's true, I, yeah. I don't ever see that as a um a compromise you know because at the the, the end of it you know someone who came there as a hardcore kid. Exactly. Saw our band and got to see, oh shit, like I thought that they just were mohawks and circle pits. Absolutely, and right? And at the end of the day, it's like, no, oh, there's some melody and there's some, you know, like the yeah, exactly. messaging is important and it is it's in lock and step with a lot of these other bands and these other art forms. So, yeah. for me that's that kind of end justifying the means Absolutely. to what we're doing.
0: No, that's super fun because yeah, like you like you said you I mean, you have and you will continue to play with bands who are just like, "Oh yeah, like of of course there there there's some connective tissue that we can put in here and we can make a difference
1: (laughs) on the stage and for us you know that goes back to like our initial decisions to do things like the Warp tour you know um obviously being a band that uh 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 challenges the status quo and the evils of exploitative and capitalism as a whole um uh 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 you know, being on corporate-sponsored tours and dates is—it's uh, a difficult thing to justify. You know, sure. um, but when you recognize that there are young people that go that are going to get their introduction to the counterculture that way, um, to not be a voice in that scenario is doing yourself and the movement a disservice. So Absolutely. I think that that um, we've always seen and measured opportunity we are not always successful sure. in that there's an attempt, right? Yeah, but, but <laughs> I think that that's where, you know, like... And I'm sure we'll get into this as we go further along, but being in a band as long as we have, we've taken our lumps and we've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the luxury of perspective that you get from being in a band for 20 years. Totally. Um, to know that, yeah... Just because you signed to a record label doesn't mean more people are going to listen to you. Just because you played this show doesn't mean your life will be forever different moving forward. (laughs) Totally. There are moments in your life when you're naive and you think, I'm going to write this song, and on Tuesday the world will be racist, and on Wednesday it won't. It won't, yeah, yeah, yeah. everything's gone. That doesn't happen (laughs) that way, you know? Yeah. But you you got to try. you got to learn how to figure that out for yourself. And uh, um, thankfully, through our lifetime as a band, we've been able to to have those failures and, and right. then turn those failures into teaching moments
0: yeah and opportunities and everything um you yourself were you were you born and raised in the pittsburgh area yeah okay yeah. and your family structure growing up
1: yeah so um my mom came over from italy um uh, when she was 13 sure she's the youngest of nine and um she came over on a boat uh and that was a thing <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah <laughs> you're you first generation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. and um you know, my, my family bought about six or seven houses on one street in a um, suburb that's about five, ten minutes outside of the city limits of Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and um, it's because my grandfather got uh, work through the railroad, and, you know, that was essentially work via the steel mills and things sure, like that sure. that was happening in Pittsburgh, and um, some of them loved it. Some of them hated it. Um, my grandma didn't like being in America. She eventually left... My grandfather made enough money to go back and they were able to live comfortably until um he passed away and then subsequently she came to america to live with us when she was you know too old to take care of herself but sure. uh um but yeah there's a lot of um italian immigrants in that part of western pennsylvania and eastern ohio and mm-hmm. uh, um, a lot of them you know came over the same reasons you know sure uh, we have uh we're from a small town in the middle of Italy called Pagentro. And um, there's the Pagentrano picnic that happens in Youngstown, Ohio, you know. Right, <laughs> right. There's right. Bruce Springsteen songs about Youngstown. It's the same. That's, totally. That's the, that immigrant uh, American working class, um, uh, s- pull yourself up by your bootstraps crowd. That uh, Yeah, that's that, what you
0: were raised around. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: And um, that's essentially what politicized me, too, because... Um, They closed down all the mills in in lieu of cheap labor, and um, I saw my uncles and and aunts and relatives lose their work Mm -hmm. um, so that the steel mills could go to China, and um, when you're a young kid and you see that rug pulled out from under people, you... um, you wonder why that happens and you sure. you know realize it's because of greed and that makes you angry. And right, exactly. And you start a punk rock band. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> then one follows the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um you've always struck me just from uh you know having many mutual friends like you've always struck me as the obviously the outgoing type like you are, you know, the person that uh is comfortable speaking to other people and I presume that was kind of always the case just because you had a gigantic family. Like you had kind of no choice, but to be outgoing. I'm yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah. And, 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 um, you know, like we talked about before we started rolling, I've been doing a couple of these podcast things and it's actually been like therapy. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Especially like I did Damien's It's like, he's like, you know, how do you become punk? And then you start to be like, Oh fuck. It's because right. You, uh, you trace yeah. so fucked up. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. And, and um, the reality of my life is that i was forced to grow up really young mm-hmm. and um uh because of that because of um my family structure i obviously um looked at the world through a different set of lenses than most people and sure that's why i've always been kind of looking for solace looking for community looking for spaces to feel free to be myself because a lot of the times there was a lot of anxiety at home and a lot of uh um uneasiness with what was going down you know so if you go back to the beginning um you know i'm I'm six years old when uh my dad leaves sure and um I later learned it's because he molested my sister mm-hmm. and you know my mom kicked him out they went to a court um there was no uh, way for them to find him guilty sure um so he goes and uh you know leaves and has other relationships with other people and um i you know remember being seven eight nine years old and in the car with my mom and we're driving around and she gets out and she goes and she's knocking on random doors and talking to people and they're slamming the door in her face. And, right. you know, later I learned it's cause she was, she's trying to stop going and warning. Sure. People. sure. And you're like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, like, 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 like that's, that's, that's taking it to the streets, you know? Absolutely. And, 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 and um, uh, uh, subsequently, you know, my dad, he did it again. He molested mm-hmm. someone else. And, did
0: you? So w- w- a- after he left, and yeah. did you have like was it straight up no contact with him whatsoever? Yeah, no yeah, contact. I figured.
1: Yeah, and 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 um, what forced you know this is again this is like it's insanity, but yeah, um, you know uh, um, we have a thing called Megan's Law in Pennsylvania, yeah. and um, because it was a second offense, he went to jail for a mandatory sentence. Mm-hmm. I am playing ice hockey, and I'm about. 13 years old and um, the new team I'm going to join is a travel team and the dues are higher and we can't afford it so I asked my grandmother for money and she says yeah I'll give you the money if you go visit your dad in jail and that's like oh a, my gosh that's that's a like a barter yeah that, <laughs> is a,
0: that is a that is a horrible scenario yeah. to put you you're like yeah. well, my god I want to play hockey yeah,
1: yeah 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 and so it's actually the reason why I ended up quitting playing hockey when I did because i i you know i was just coming of age and i was learning about the dead kennedys and i was hating authority and all dude you got yeah sports or music yeah Yeah, yeah, you got to choose and uh and to be put in that scenario and you know to be on the team and it wasn't going that well and people were yelling at me and coaches were you know authority figures and yeah um i put two and two together and i was like i don't want to be around yeah yeah yeah. this is and um but again, it comes back to this this whole thing of uh, you are put in these scenarios, and you can react one way or another, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I've always chose to deal with it, um, you know, in a way that felt good. And what felt good was, you know, being around people, making people laugh, and trying to um, uh, lift myself, but with everybody else at the same time, you know. Right. And so I think that that. I still have that now sure Um,
0: like is it would you define it as like you uh, like you enjoy making other other people feel like comfortable and a part of it as well or is it or is it
1: more than anything it was just like um subconsciously i and i now know this because of the band and the work we've done and the relationships that i've been able to make with the people who come to the shows and listen to the records and Mm -hmm. uh, i now know that i was trying to get the story out so that someone could affirm to me that i wasn't alone and That's a very good point yeah. um uh but you know I, again you, you, you it's all it's all lessons that you learn you know I, right. I, I thought for a really long time that anti-flag's job was to be a journalist mm-hmm. and that we saw something happen we commented on it sure we tried to educate um ourselves and the people that are around it And from there, uh, we were better as a society because we at least knew what the hell was going on. Sure. Um, Later, I learned that we can inject ourselves into that storytelling. And by doing that, you will find that the commonality that you have with the people is far greater than, um, you know, just that education process can be. Uh, And so I've subsequently, like, through things like, you know, doing interviews or talking about the records or talking about the songs and extrapolating on the ideas. We now have people come up and say, I went through similar situations in my life. Right. And then we could hug that out and be like, we found each other. Right. And
0: all all you're doing as well is obviously you're building a more, you know, a tighter knit community. And Mm -hmm. like people people obviously gravitate towards messages and bands, but you know, the more that people are able to combine, you know, the message and the person behind it, mm-hmm. it's like, that's, yeah, all, all that's going to do is just make people be like, oh, not only do I like this band, but I love this band mm-hmm. because of these, you know, inter, the intersection of the two.
1: Yeah. And, the, and, and, you know, the truth is always more, um, um, enticing. Sure. And, 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 uh, what we found is, uh, in the moments in our band's life when we are the most honest people gravitate towards that far more than they do when we think we're giving them what they want right <laughs> <laughs> totally you're
0: like this will work out perfect oh wait oh that wasn't yeah
1: oh yeah that that wasn't, that wasn't there's survived. a danger in that you know there totally is yeah yeah and um but you know, only learn if
0: you try exactly. and then you're like
1: oh that, yeah that why did nice. this work and why didn't this work well we were being honest and yeah. people connected with that honesty here we were kind of chasing and when you're chasing um something's always ahead of you
0: absolutely yeah yeah you're, you're you are definitely never going to be ahead of something <laughs> yeah. you're just like yeah so we're just looking at that thing that's like two years ahead yeah, yeah, in front of yeah it, yeah it just doesn't work out yeah. um and so then like when you had to make that decision you know like you you were you were talking about earlier as far as like you know hockey and music like because I, I do think that's something because yeah, how old are you you're 30 and you're six 36 yeah, yeah i'm 37 so i i very much identify with that idea because like obviously the intersection of sports and and Mm -hmm. subculture like there's it doesn't matter anymore Mm -hmm. whereas like when we were growing up there was still like it didn't matter but there was also like the jock mentality existed Mm -hmm. much more and Mm -hmm. um so like you know did did you feel like you were trading the hockey community for the music community just because of that
1: yeah Yeah. Well, I certainly was was you know engulfed in one and then engulfed in the other (laughs) sure right right Uh, um yeah, and I think that, that more than any of that, it was like, um, I went from plan. You know, I was going to go to school to play hockey, and I was going to go, you know, do all these things, and then I had no to plan.
0: Totally. Um, did you care? I, did you care about school at all? Like, were you? Kinda... No, but
1: my mom did. Sure. Right. Uh, uh, so by default, you had to kind of care. Yeah, right, right. yeah, and especially you know just like um, uh, when I joined Anti Flag, it was during my senior year of high school. And there was, you know, some tour dates and some heavy work that needed to be done. And there yeah. was questions about whether I could graduate and, and, in my, you know, I would have been murdered if Absolutely. I didn't. <laughs> you know, and this yeah. is definitely being a first generation. Totally. Uh, I uh,
0: came over here to give you a better life. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs>
0: totally. Don't, don't squeeze up by joining a punk band. Yeah.
1: And my brother and sister had not graduated and, right. um, and I was the last hope and, uh, uh, uh it was definitely like, again, you know, I was visiting schools, you know, playing hockey and stuff. And then it went from, well, I might not even, I might, I'm getting right. in this van. <laughs> and, uh, totally there was, there was some friction there. I was about to say
0: like, how, how did your, uh, you know, once you started to bring this, this weird subculture home, I'm sure your mom was basically just like, so I've, I've lost Chris. I don't really yeah, know.
1: Yeah. It was funny. Cause you know, uh, um, um, even to this day, if she came in here now, she'd be like, You got to go to college. So, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> uh, amazing. Yeah, it doesn't matter how far in your life you you uh, commit totally. to doing something. Um, but, um, more than ever, she understands now. And we'll, we'll, we'll say, like, you sounded terrible in the garage. Of course, we thought you were never going to go do anything. <laughs> anything. Yeah. You weren't going to do anything. Uh, and, but, um, you know, I was you know anti Flag was my favorite band right so i was joining my favorite band you couldn't have talked me out of this
0: yeah there was no way yeah, yeah. right so um um and you prior to that you were just playing in you know kind of your your local bands like yeah, digging around i and... was
1: starting bands to open for anti Flag. sure that was the goal as one does right yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. find
0: your favorite local band you're just like wait a minute we can
1: play with them yeah 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 so there was no yeah it's uh, that's that's one of the revelations i had recently was just like it was like no we thought you know you open for anti Flag and stuff you retire totally you know? yeah 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 <laughs> Can we Rock put out a demo we play with anti-flag yeah, yeah, We're, yeah, yeah that's it
0: that's it that's all yeah. you need
1: and then for me once i started joining the band it was like well i'm gonna play a show in new york i'm done my musical right career has gone the beyond. pinnacle yeah right. yeah it doesn't get any better <laughs> and then it goes okay well what if we play a show in LA? And so what yeah, if we like, play a show in London? What right. if we, you know, like it just keeps going, and that's still going today. You know, it's like
0: totally. What other opportunities there? Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I guess we'll do this. Yeah. Did the um, did the notion of touring like, and as you started to experience it, did you immediately take tour, or was that kind of difficult to get used to the idea of like, oh wow, like yes. all, all the creature comforts of home are so not there.
1: I had a crazy experience. So what I ended up doing was. In my senior year, I convinced them to stop all of my classes at the midterm. Um, ex- how did,
0: that, I, I think that kind of goes to your outgoing per- I can't even imagine, like, because you were probably not doing that well in these classes. No. no. <laughs> so, so how did you be like, hey, guys, I got this idea?
1: Yeah, so literally, <laughs> thankfully, yeah, my first show in Anti-Flag was in September of okay. 98, which is the beginning of the school year. Sure. So I saw it happening. And in my senior year, you have what's known as your senior project. Yes. So my senior project was playing two shows with the band Anti Flag. Then it was playing two shows and recording some of the album. That's incredible. And then it was playing a (laughs) week of shows. You know, I kept adding to it. And they would give me the time off because they're like, oh, well, you're working on your school project. Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Here's your senior thesis. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so... um, And, you know, Justin was my mentor. It was all bullshit. He was just filling out. Oh, totally. Where do I Yeah, (laughs)
0: That's amazing. He's signing the paperwork. Your fellow bandmate. It's so good.
1: And so uh, um, uh, ultimately it comes to a head because we have this tour booked for the album that we were recording, which was the project and all this shit. Right, right. And um, I go in to the guidance counselor and I say, look, this is, you know, this is where we're going. These are all the dates. I need to make this happen. And so they stopped my classes all except for um, I hadn't uh, gone to gym enough. Oh and you need God. four of credits of gym. Of course. And um, You're like, can I use the hockey from a few exactly. years ago? <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't um, uh, done enough. Like It was like a social studies type class, American history or something like that. Sure. And I remember distinctly like really taking advantage of this i was not showing up totally. as much as i should and um <laughs> one day i was in the gym you know uh after not being there for two weeks or whatever right and um the guy mr gallagher was his name and okay. he says barker just go home <laughs> he knew he, what are you doing here yeah he's like i'm gonna sign whatever just go home and i was like okay like, great <laughs> great deal man glad we could yeah. come to this agreement." And so, um, you know, that all felt really good and people in the school, um, you know, not many people knew of anti-flag, but people had seen it and we had a, a CD in the store. So that was a big deal. Right. And, um so it made me feel good. Sure. And then we do this three-and-a-half-month-long tour, and I come home with $100, and I cried because I was like, like, what did I what just What did do? I just sign up for? <laughs> this totally. is a terrible idea. Totally. Because these shows in in Pittsburgh, you know, the band was drawing 800, sometimes 1,000 people. Right. And we played to 17 people in Seattle. Sure. And so... I was like, well, like I thought oh, they I were. thought it was everywhere. <laughs> this is a lot harder. Did,
0: but when you were when you were seeing that firsthand, like you know, did the it, did, were the rest of the guys in the band like surprised by that, or they were they were like, oh no, like
1: it's the same feeling that we have today, where it's just like, well, we got to do it, so we're just gonna do it, totally. And so I definitely learned from them not to go like, this is a shit show, like, right? Florida oh, we're gonna day. be terrible. Yeah, 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 yeah totally. Um, but. <laughs> That Seattle show is so funny to me because the venue was called Seventeen Nautical Miles, and there were seventeen people at the show.
0: You're like the irony is
1: laid on. I thick. will never forget that. I will never forget that.
0: <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So, so, tour, so touring was something that you like. Once you had a, a taste of it, you were like, okay, now I get a better lay of the land. Like, yeah, and yeah.
1: I, I, you know, uh, going back to what you're kind of getting at about um, being outgoing is. I enjoy the show. I I want to communicate with people. I want to... And so that's always been my thing. Like, I was, um, you know, my brother makes fun of me because he's like... (laughs) Man, you always said you were either going to be Michael Jackson or Mario Lemieux, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I was such an asshole. Yeah, like, you're like, <laughs> those
0: are some bold statements, my friend. I'm going to be one of the best hockey players in the world, or you know, one of the best pop stars ever. No big deal. No big deal. <laughs>
1: I like yeah. those ambitions though. Well, yeah. you got to
0: get aim for something. Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's just like I'm just like that's. Don't tell anybody. That's yeah. terrible.
0: Hey, button into the conversation to tell you about something that I think is absolutely crucial. If you are a creative person, whether it's a designer, videographer, someone that is doing the hustle themselves. This is an awesome class called sell it without selling out. It's hosted and done by Finn McKenty, who you heard on last week's podcast and Matt, Matt Halperin from periphery. I was about to call him Matt periphery which I guess is what you call most band people, but uh, they're both previous guests in the show and they walk you through a step-by-step guide for, like I said, designers, artists, videographers, and any other creatives to market themselves and get paid to do what they love. It's everything that both of them have learned the past 15 years of their careers distilled into a nice little package just for you. And you get 18 video lessons on each step of the marketing process, a 50-page workbook that will guide you through the process of making your own marketing plan, and best of all, lifetime access to their private coaching group where they'll do weekly live check-ins to answer your questions and guide you through the entire process. This is awesome. Like, I never in my wildest dreams would I think that I would be able to learn a real, tactical, hands-on marketing plan from people who i respect like you know when you're sitting in a college classroom you're just like oh man all these things they're talking about have nothing to do with what it is that i'm trying to do this is exactly the real deal so go to sell and there's a couple of videos there if you want to check them out and you can see what what a, a sample of the class is like so please go do that visit it and learn okay sign up for the course okay tell them we send you all right now here is chris number two you know like you said you joined in 98 and then like you know i mean honestly 99 2000 is really when things started to like the notion of independent bands from the punk and hardcore community like actually being able to quote unquote make a living like that started to exist you know um like i'll never forget where it was like oh like a band like poison the well can like you know tour like 10 months out of the year and like actually pay rent like yeah. you know and that by that time like you know hate breed and many other bands were doing it but yeah. was it um like did you feel kind of the momentum as that? the you know that time frame started to kind of come in focus where it was like oh wow like not only shows are bigger but like you said you're not playing in front of 17 people in yeah Seattle. there were
1: there were a few like kind of crucial things you know um one was um New Red Archives, the record label that put out the first album Die for the Government, yep. put out this ninety nine cent sampler. Oh yeah, yeah. And um Die for the government was the first track on it and they sold endless amounts. So the, yeah, cheap comps. That was yeah. that was how everybody got yeah, stuff. And, and and that was like one of the first moments where I was like, Oh, this thing this this song is everywhere. This is
0: our single. Yeah. We didn't yeah. even know what that was. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And um and then the record New Army, um uh, started to do well, mm-hmm. um, and we were on go kart records at a New York City label that had yeah. nobody else. And right. um, we got to do the Warp tour, and um, you know, put ourselves in front of people who would never see it or hear it. Right. And those were yeah, those were changing moments. You know, the Rage Against the Machine tour, all of that stuff happened right around that same time.
0: Totally. And was it uh
1: like did it feel overwhelming to you at all? No, it felt like. Um, um, a treadmill, like we were just on, and yeah. we were going and, and 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 trying to navigate it to the best of our ability, and it happened, you know, in hindsight, relatively quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the, again, you know, one of the lessons that we learned from that time is it was never a collective success. There there would be a success here and then a failure here, and so it always. Gave us this ability to transition between people caring and not caring. Right. So you, you were able to build up a little thicker skin because of that. Yeah, and we still have that to this day, where you know, some we'll be in Europe this summer yeah. and we'll play a show to sixty thousand people. Sure. That know it and enjoy it, right. and then we'll go to two hundred the next day. Yeah. And you just go like, well, well this it's is a, what our. It's life a is. different show, right? Yeah. 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 And so I, I think that. There are, you know, we've got a lot of contemporaries and bands that are no longer in bands because they had their thing happen really quickly. Right. And then when it was like, well, if you want to make money on the store, you have to get back in a van. Mm-hmm. And they were like, nah, we can't go backwards. Yeah, we can't go yeah. backwards. Cool
0: and cool backwards. Yeah. Right. And yeah. for
1: us, we're like, OK, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll be in the van tomorrow, you know, like <laughs> whatever you need. So right. um, we have always um, tried to run our businesses justly. And as cost effective as possible, right? And um, I think that that just is the ethos of the band. Yeah, a lot of that comes from Pat. Pat handles the the business side of, of Anti Flag, and um, he's the reason that we all survive. Totally. Three years later,
0: yeah, which is amazing because it, 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 you know, even because usually there obviously is one or two people in the band that are kind of you know handling a lot of the business decisions as far as like not making the decisions without consulting the rest yeah, of the band. Yeah, but yeah. you know, you need to have a funnel. Um, But it does seem like Just because obviously The you know The principles that You know the band Has always stood on Like there is a lot more Of a uh, you know Democracy And Mm -hmm. you have to have Those discussions like You know where it's like You know do we put our Music in video games And like Mm -hmm. do we do These things and like um, Everything we do is met with a conversation, right? Which, which is <laughs> exhausting. I was, say, I was like, I was like, I'm sure it's just one of those things where it's like, you, I'm, you probably look at your your friends and you're just like, you guys don't even talk about this. You no. just say yes, right? Yeah, but we time. all the time. We got at least like five to ten minutes on this, yeah. if not longer. And,
1: and 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 often the conversation we have. That takes the longest is over the most trivial bullshit and doesn't matter and, and yeah, but right. that's the but stuff. you got it yeah. right right, yeah. 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 but you got to have that discussion. Yeah. I um yeah and and you know for example we don't do. Um, a lot of video game stuff sure but when the NHL game came in i was you like say if you say yes tell immedi- me no pat you motherfucker i will... Right. We're, we're
0: i i don't want to quit this band yeah. but i would i would legitimately think about quitting this band if we don't get on this don't
1: you fucking dare
0: <laughs> my childhood dream of being in a video game you ruined
1: game. it once i'm not going to let you ruin it again <laughs>
0: totally but i mean but that that It is good to – because you never know where those discussions probably will lead you. I mean, generally speaking, you probably have an idea where it's like, okay, we're going to talk about this, but I know where we're going to end up. Mm -hmm, But mm -hmm. I'm sure there's been some times you've had discussions where you're kind of like, oh, wow, like I didn't think we'd end up here because we kind of hashed it out or whatever. Yeah,
1: I mean um, uh, uh, there are times when you get um, proven correct. And sure. uh, uh, um, you don't necessarily want to take applause for that or, you know, have it be an ego moment. But, um, you know, for example, post 9-11, when everyone in the world is telling us to change our band name and um, Hot Topic sends back all of our records. that's Sure. Best I, rem- I remember all yeah. of that. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, um, and you sit down as four people who were s- nervous because the studio you're going to every day has a billboard that someone painted that says Newcomb George and you're in the anti-war band and your logo is an upside down American flag when every corner and every house has uh, an American flag waving Mm -hmm. Um, it feels really lonely uh, especially, you know, people that were in the punk scene were sending us letters, sending our shirts back, sending photos of them. You know, there was, the internet wasn't powerful enough to tweet at us. Nope, uh, right, but right, right. They were sending actual photos of our merchandise burning, burning, which is a little scarier than a that's, tweet. Well, yeah, <laughs>
0: that that because that takes a lot more effort. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And that's that that is. I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't know it went to that level. Yeah. And then you sit down and you have this conversation about what you're going to do and whether you're still going to be your band and. Um, we decided that regardless of the new landscape that the world was taking on with um, the introduction to uh, 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 terrorism in sure. America, that we needed to be steadfast with our anti-nationalism and anti-war messages. Right. And um, subsequently, that turned out to be um, the right decision as you know, we now – have the crystal ball of the Iraq war being right. what it was, the Afghanistan War being what it is, and um, million plus dead Iraqis and the blood of 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 them is on uh, the Bush administration's hands. but um, it was a moment where... You know that was worth sitting down and talking about and not just being New knee, jerk reactionary and being like, okay, well, if yeah, this I, is going to make you happy, we're called, you know, right. flag. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: flag, which I think we may have problems with that one too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's very... Uh, it, it, it's it, it's a sobering moment but then at the same time like you know it i'm sure it just made you feel even more bonded to everything that you were doing and yeah the rest and, of the guys and the it's band.
1: it's funny cuz you know um um all of these things come back to that um ability to have a leg in each world mhm so as our band was growing and we did things like warp tour it took us outside of the diy um um uh, underground sure uh anarchist collective punk rock movements that that we were kind of built upon totally and then post 9-11 as we were the only band that continued to be anti-nationalists in the face of um uh, rampant nationalism in america um those people became accepting of us again and there was a collective sigh of relief that we were allowed to have these discussions you know that george bush hadn't taken the genius pills that everyone expected him right to, right um because that's you know, um, that's a, you know a, a huge side of that is that on september 10th we were still in the streets marching for florida votes and whether or he recounts, was justly right. elected yeah and totally. then september 12th he was our <clears throat> we had to have blind faith with him and he was on tv saying you're with us or against us yeah exactly and um uh, uh, those were that was a time when we were able to step back into that world and have the comfort and the sanctity of those people i remember playing like a show in philadelphia um on our like mobilize for peace tour which was mm-hmm. the first tour we did post nine eleven. sure and the amount of that like diy punk rock scene that came out to that show and was like
0: you guys, like, yeah, you, could, you did it, still, right? This is you've you've pushed through this, and like, yeah. you are what you say you are, yeah, and,
1: yeah. and um, you know, subsequently, we'd make them mad in a few years, of course, when we right. to a major label or <laughs> of whatever, course, right? Your but, sellouts then, right, yeah. right. <laughs> uh, but I I hoped that as those people are able to reflect on it, that they see that all of these things get heavy discussions, and we are trying to do what's best for spreading an agenda of empathy and and optimism and totally uh,
0: um, and actually caring about something because it's so easy to not to not care about anything.
1: yeah absolutely
0: the um the notion uh like what you're talking about of um you know once you guys signed to major labels and you had all these uh i just always found it interesting because i mean i I worked at record labels for 10 plus years i worked at century media and so like you know i was signing bands and Mm -hmm. i always found it funny because like if you if i was like negotiating with a band if some other band got something in a deal where they're like, oh, like this band got health insurance in
1: their yeah, deal. Yeah. And I
0: was just like, I can never do, that. I can't include this in the deal. Yeah, like, yeah. but then I just always, re- I remember hearing the, the stipulations that you guys had in your deals and built in <laughs> where it's just like, yo, we're going to, you know, we're, we're, we're uh, contributing to nonprofits. We're contributing to our local community. It was just
1: ways where I was like,
0: I can't even believe that the labels would agree to that. And I'm sure you guys were just
1: like, we, yeah. I, and even something as simple as like us keeping our vinyl rights for AF records. Like, imagine going into a major label and asking <laughs> it's ins- that. Yeah, yeah it's insane i mean was it
0: was it just one of those things like I, i'm sure as those things came back where they were like oh yeah like we still want to work with you even though we're, we're doing these things you guys yeah. are just like i can't even believe what this what's happening
1: yeah i'm hopeful that uh, at some point the tell all of that time um will allow um the rock and roll swindle that we pulled off to get the notoriety that it deserves. Sure.
0: <laughs> it it, 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 it yeah. is because it, it, it was such a, it, it, a, a lot of that stuff exists because of timing, you know, yeah. where that's like, yeah. okay, we need like, we as a, a, you know, major label need to invest in this independent music community. Mm-hmm. When I say invest, IE I pick some, you know, some <laughs> bands out of the litter, but it's, uh, but yeah, it's crazy when they are, when they are so, focused on that that just like oh like oh whatever this is a crazy idea but i guess we'll do it
1: well so there was there was two huge factors in the shaping of our major deal yeah the way it went down one was rick rubin wanted to sign the band totally when rick wants to sign the band as you know everyone has (laughs) to sharks in the water right blood in the water right right (laughs) so um that was cool for us because all of a sudden there was you know we went from nobody knowing who we were in that world to everyone and and up until that time we had had several major label offers right and they were all like snide if you guys are ready to be for real give me a call you know and that (laughs) Um, did not play well with us (laughs) no 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 that's not that's not enticing to do business (laughs) with them um but um but rick was a fan and he wanted to do it um Unfortunately, I think that the parameters of his working arrangements at that time were too scary and fragile for us. You know, oh, yeah. he had our friends international, international. School, yeah, that was and their record was in purgatory. Totally, years. That was a thing that we again we would never allow to happen. But right. he did leverage us into a really great scenario with a bunch of other major labels, and we were able to take him to the map. And um, um, when you are Faced with an opportunity to, um, you know, forever change the landscape of your band. We knew that people would um, never be happy with us again if we signed to a major label. Of
0: course, right.
1: But we also knew that just because you signed to a label doesn't mean anyone's going to care about you. Mm -hmm. We had to make sure that that deal was better than anything that anyone would ever get right. and um the second side of that is that they were scared to death of us so when we would go in and say yeah we need to start this 501c3 it costs three thousand dollars you have to pay for this and they'd be like well we've never done that for a band well, this is what our audience wants right and if you don't do that they're gonna they're gonna
0: revolt yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are seeing first week sales plummet as yeah. we speak
1: <laughs> and they would be like okay that's what we got to do that's what we got to do and then we just look at each other like i can't really like, we that this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh and literally that's how every step of it was right yeah it's gonna be two records okay well what's the options look like there's no options. Yeah, yeah, we're doing two records. We've, yeah, we, you know, we we put out records on Fat. It's a handshake deal. You know, right. what do you mean you're gonna put us contractors more than that? Right. Okay, it's two records. Yeah. Um. If we uh uh, uh you know we started Military Free Zone and um uh, Underground Action Alliance under the same 501c3 sure. bracket that they funded. Um, we were able to give money. Each member got to pick something that we gave money to that was sure. Sony money. And, you know... Hey,
0: it's all it's all recoupable. It's like, yeah. hey, this is money that, like, you yeah. know, we're not going to see anyways.
1: No, no, we knew that. We knew that. And, totally. And, you know, thankfully, we had that failure from, um, you know, when we signed a FAT, we yeah. thought we were going to be... The next, no effects, and sure. nobody cared. Right. And we were like, "Well, now you know, you don't sign to a label to spread your message," quote unquote. I used air quotes there. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, you sign to another label for opportunity, right? And we guaranteed our opportunities in that deal, and that way, no matter what happened, whether or not we sold one record or subsequently the two hundred fifty thousand that we did, right. Um, it was it was worth it to right
0: it was beneficial for you guys to to do this for a you know a myriad of reasons and i like to
1: think that we spent a lot of american idol money that would have absolutely been thrown at the wall for totally you, know, something you, you just you, the, you know.
0: right you eliminated five pop contracts like yeah that, which is which and you know ostensibly like these are people that like you know were, were manufactured in lab for yeah. all that we know <laughs>
1: And you know, again, I'm not. I'm, I'm. There is a level of ego that goes into all of this. Totally. And we believe in the things that we create and the things that we're saying. We think they have levity and importance. Yeah. So why not spend Sony's
0: money on it? Right, and why not take the biggest swing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, last two things before I let you go was the, uh, you know, like you were saying, with the you know the band's longevity and the fact that you guys have always, you know, maintained a balanced perspective on the band's popularity, especially where it's like, you know, in the U.S., where it can be extremely fickle. You know, you're, you're a yeah. hot band one year, not the next year, but then you guys have, you know, always gone over to Europe, and you have always, which I love bands that exist and are very popular in Europe. Mm-hmm. Like, I just... I remember when I was working at Century Media, I was working with, like, Sick of It All and Ignite, and it would blow my mind where it was like... How
1: big that
0: is. Yeah. Dude, yeah. It's like, Sick of It All can play for 200 people here in Southern California, mm-hmm. and then obviously they play, you know, with Full Force in Germany, it's just like, oh, so you got a hundred thousand people there. Like... Yeah. And I'm sure it's really fun for you guys to be able to, you know, I mean... It's, you know be able to have a career in different territories Mm -hmm. and have your message that obviously is very u.s centric be able to carry in places that you know obviously have a perspective on america but i'm sure that i'm sure there's been a lot of pride in your ability to go over there
1: well you know again two big things were that we went there late um, sure. You know we didn 't go to Europe until two thousand and three for the first time, mm-hmm. so you know again, I joined the band at the end of ninety eight that's it's a long time to just be hammering away at the state <laughs> totally and building that seventeen people into one hundred and seventy and that yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> you know uh, 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 that was there was a bit of um we were naive you know we didn 't know that you could go there, sure. You know? And um, we didn't know that anyone would ever care or, or care to know. Totally. Um, so thankfully, we did go when we did, which was pre-signing to the major. And that became our main focus with that, was mm-hmm. that you mean to tell me we are now going to have a label in Germany? Right. We're now going to have someone I could walk up to and say, hey, we want to make sure our record is available here and cost-effective right. and not a $30 import but an actual thing that people could get because we believe that these songs carry weight here and have merit here. Totally. Um, you know, going back to that ego. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so uh, uh, I, I found it to be extremely valuable to the band and our writing and our perception of what the world was. We th- We knew we were fighting nationalism and we were fighting war, but what we didn't understand is that we were fighting... Global social economic justice, sure. and that those messages um, were uh, able to be used in those scenarios. And you fast forward to 2017, and um, Donald Trump is elected. Um, we're in Germany, and Charlottesville happens, and Heather Heyer is murdered, and we're watching on German television people marching with their uh tiki torches, tiki torches and, and white shirts and literally and yeah, yeah. Yeah. chanting not german nazi slogans totally. and we're in germany while this is happening and they're fighting um a right wing group called the afd yeah at yeah, the same yeah. and we played this show and we you know kind of start talking about what's happening in america and it's just like one anti-fascist flag Another one kid sets off a flare in the thing, and you're just like, okay, these motherfuckers got our back. You know, right, like, like, yeah. Like, and, and, and that really levels that playing field of, of, of fighting racism and fighting sexism across global scenes sure. is how we're going to win and that's what the invention of the internet is supposed to bring about is our ability to connect with each other to uh, uh, raise our hands and be counted as a collective group right. and I, I think that um, it's one of the major things that that um, the politics of the world is afraid of right now which is why you see the right being so steadfast in their kind of last grasp for power around the world and mm-hmm. um, but the, the landscape is, is, is changing so quickly and so fast, and young people are turned on and energized. And it's a really, really important time to not just pay attention to American politics and sure. what Bernie Sanders means, but what's happening overseas as well. Because totally. there there, are, there is that same type of fervor for justice and Mm -hmm. equality uh, there that that you're kind of seeing happen now with young people here in in the States as well.
0: And it's amazing because then you are able to, because the band you know, I mean, Europe as far as the music scene in general, like they have obviously a much longer memory. Mm -hmm. Like it's less fickle over there. And especially once you have reached that level then you do, you can just you know kind of do that that European touring festival. That
1: has a lot to do with I think their social structures. <laughs> so you can be forty years old and enjoy punk because yeah, exactly um, right. you didn't pay for your college and you don't you know you don't one hundred percent totally so you got you get in the pit and if you break your leg it's like you just go to the doctor totally yeah <laughs> yeah and
0: so many obviously so many of those countries have you know subsidized art programs yep, and it's absolutely. like all those things are but, you know meant to when
1: you're uh, in germany and you play a squat that is also a school and a studio right. and you know th- and you realize oh fuck you know right this you're, is what it's like when the government actually works for its people when, yeah.
0: when when we actually feel taken care of yeah
1: yeah what a novel idea yeah, yeah
0: it's insane um the last thing i want to handle was the you know because of uh you know all that you have you know you've ostensibly grown up in the the quote-unquote public eye you know as mm-hmm. far as um you know you experiencing you know horrible things obviously like what happened to your sister yeah um and you know from an early age and then obviously you know what what happened to her more recently um is it one of those things where when you are like i mean you used the word earlier treadmill where it's mm-hmm. like you, you are on this treadmill of a band and you do have you know these cycles to live in whether it's an 18 to 24 month touring yeah. cycle um were you know were those times that you were you know existing in those traumatic moments for you uh, where it was just basically like yo I I, I like I got a bail like I yeah
1: um uh, <laughs> so I have always turned to work to get through things sure and I think that that comes from growing up in the punk rock scene where we don't have a lot of economic wealth but we have. Um, um, creative wealth mm-hmm. and so when you are like oh okay um, there's homeless folks that are hungry well we meet in the park and we fucking make some food and we feed them with food on bombs and totally here's some veggie chili that's Enjoy how it. it's done mm-hmm. yeah. Right. Um when you are like oh, okay this venue got its windows smashed in or needs a new PA let's put out a benefit record everybody contributes a song boom it's done you sell a thousand of them you give them a thousand bucks done you know sure. Um when my sister died that same mentality kicked in you know uh, uh, um, my nephew was left without a mom my, my niece was left without a mommy and a dad and um, the, the, the organization that helped my family or at least was a part of the process was this uh, organization called the CVBC the Center for Victims of Violent Crime because mm-hmm. my sister and her boyfriend were murdered um, they kind of led the charge in, 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 in talking through, um, you know, the types of therapy that are available for the kids and, you know, even my mom and myself and um, everyone involved. And uh, my initial reaction was, okay, well, we've got these songs mm-hmm. left over from the major record, and, we you know, we kept our B-sides in our contract, too. <laughs> Another amazing thing, yeah. And so we put it out on AF Records. And right, right you know, there's, there's, you know, a few thousand dollars that are sitting in a bank account for my nephew and my niece, whenever they need it, you know, and, right. and that, that to me is the work that, that is the reaction to, um, the terrible thing. Right. Um, when, uh, 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 when my relationship ended, mm-hmm. that was the uh, thing I was least prepared for. Sure. Um, and not that you're, like, prepared for your, you know, your, your sibling dying. No, right? no. Yeah. Um, but also you are aware of the social constructs that they're in. You know, she wasn't um, living an, an, an exactly healthy life. And, you know, you know that it's a volatile situation. This was a situation I thought was not volatile at all. Totally. And then all of a sudden was. Right. And um, um, thankfully, you know, whenever I said I need a break there was three other guys that were able to pick it up and they're like this is what we're doing this is you take your time we'll see you when we need to see you and mm-hmm. we'll f- fill you in and then you keep going you know right. and um uh, uh you know that happened to Pat too once where he kind of took a step back and sure. you know we just pick up the slack and that's yeah. what you have to do that's a, that is the friendship element that comes into this relationship of the four of us being in a band um we don't necessarily see each other that much or like go to dinner together when we're at home of course right but there is nobody that has my back more oh yeah so uh, there's a familiarity with each other that um it's a short it's a shorthand i mean i
0: really like how you i really like how you put that where when you go through heavy stuff in your life um the communities that you've built around you will hopefully reflect and obviously help yeah and, like, that's the sort of stuff where it's, like, and then when you do, you know, you have that DIY mentality that's, you know, baked into us because we've experienced the scene, you do have that initial reaction where it's just, like, oh, yeah, like, some, uh, okay, there's a benefit show. Or there's, like, that yeah. it's just immediately where your mind yeah, goes yeah, to. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and, and it's, you know, it's, again, I don't have the money out of my bank account to, to do that. But if we could put out a record or we do a thing and it raises yeah. the money and it does the thing. That's what we can do. Yeah, That's, that right. Yeah, <laughs>
0: mission accomplished yeah, on that fact. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: And um, and it's a um, yeah, it's a it's. There were always going to be things that come up, and especially now that we're older, um, mm-hmm. um. You know, you, you you're discomforting the people that you love because right. you got someone at home who's taking care of, you know, a burst pipe or whatever. And you're on totally, tour, you know? totally. Um, but that. Perspective method that I've had since I was six years old, mm-hmm. and I'm able to go like, "Well, this is much worse, and this could be much worse." So we'll figure that out.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll put one foot in front of the other. Yeah, yeah. 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 we'll
1: figure that out. And 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 that's tip. That's just typically the way it all has been. From, yeah, from you know from the get go.
0: Yeah. Uh, last thing I promise was the the you know once you do reach a certain point, um uh you know the I mean, empathy is obviously a renewable resource. Like yeah. you know, there. But there are times where it's just like, man, I don't think I can fucking do this today. Or, yeah. or w- whether it's like you know, like playing a show, whether it's you know, going to a protest, or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, I mean, how do you like? Not the advice that you give to other people, but like you know, what do you do for yourself as yeah. far as like, yeah, k- keeping that, keeping that spirit up. Well,
1: it's it's it is remarkably. Um, um, Frustrating how much easier it is to spread cynicism than optimism. Yeah, and um, uh, um, some things hurt worse than others. You know, like for for example, um, you know, Mike the Mike Brown thing. Um, when I watched his subsequent verdict to not press charges mm-hmm. um, against the officer who murdered him, the the visual of his parents. Connected me to being in the courtroom when my sister was murdered and mm-hmm. um, the visualization of my mom and and that pain was so uh, memorable and, and, and real that that uh, that was a moment where I was just like, I, I, I felt like, fuck, I, I felt that powerless. Right. Where this person who did wrong for you is right there and then you can't do anything about it. Right, um, and uh, 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 I think that that those are times when you go like, okay, well, how do we get other people to feel this? And that's the trouble that we face right now, and that's the the reason that that you find folks like Donald Trump rise to power is people's interaction with each other is becoming so separate and so far away that. Unless you're the Republican who has the gay son, you don't know. You don't know what it's like to be around a transgender person, mm-hmm. and so the bathroom law really scares you because right. you've never, you've seen, never even experienced, right? Yeah, right? Or heard of? You know? Totally. Um, so how do we do that? You know, um, I'm not quite sure. Of course, uh, but I do know that that we are in a fortunate situation where, when the levity of it is too much um that we get to do this thing that's silly mm-hmm. and go like okay well tonight there's going to be 400 people and they're going to collectively go we got ya, you right know? and and that that's that there's a lot of power in that that's true and that's the conversation that we try to have from stage now more than ever which is look around shake the hand of the person next to you Please don't let this only exist here, right? Because if we can take it outside of here for a little bit, that's going to give you the same boost of optimism and energy that you that you are giving us, yeah. right? Yeah, to yeah, get yeah. up out of bed and look at a mirror and say, "I am going to go today," sure. because that's fucking hard for a lot of people, totally. Um, and so i i I, I find that um, you know when we do things like this, yeah, the 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 weight feels heavy, and it's. Um, it's the most somber part of our lives is to talk about it. Of course. Um, But then hopefully people can feel the same way and recognize that, 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 you know, um, there are folks that, that care as much as they do and that you should go and find them. And, and um, you know, going all the way back to the beginning, I went to my first anti-flag show and it was the first show that the bass player before me played and so Chris Head who was here sleeping on the couch a minute ago (laughs) um, he played bass for half the set and then took the bass off and he gave it to Jamie and um, I remember being 15 years old and in the show and looking and going I could do that Mm -hmm. and I want the people that come to the show to look at the stage and look at the tablers and look at the you know the people that are making the whole thing go, and go I can do that. Yeah, this is, yeah I it's got not this. Not that hard, right? Yeah, and 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 it doesn't have to be you know, not everybody needs to be on a stage and yelling, um, but it doesn't matter what it is like. Like I want that it to be fair and just all the time. Totally. And, um, so that's where you know uh, uh, the real payoff of the work is is is, is trying to, to do it in such a way that leaves people feeling like okay like, yeah well and
0: then and then in turn and then in turn it you know from a selfish perspective it gives you that light oh, too because shit. you're just like
1: hell yeah like that that's great i couldn't when we meet the kids um not necessarily the volunteers because the volunteers for the organizations are typically folks that have other things going on in their lives but sure. when we meet the people that are working daily at amnesty or working daily at PETA, you know, mm-hmm. these folks are banging their head against a wall yeah. and they're in a cubicle. And they totally. don't get people clapping for them going <laughs> like, yay. Totally, like, totally. Thanks for your message. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, like, I always try to spend a little bit more time with them to let them know that that's the real work. Yeah, yeah. That's the hard work. Yeah, that
0: is that is appreciated on so many different levels. Yeah, 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 yeah. for sure, and, for sure. Um,
1: yeah, we're in an, advan- an, an advantageous situation where um, – People clap for us. Right, right. <laughs> it makes you feel a lot better about yourself going on to the day when someone's going to clap for you. Totally. You're and, like, that's and, cool. and now they don't sell glass bottles at the club, so they're not yep. trying to kill me. Exactly. Anymore, which right. Is great. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're like
0: this is good. We're not arming
1: the yeah, people yeah. that yeah. might disagree with something that we're saying. They used to. They used to, you know, wear swastika shirts and throw beer bottles at us, and we survived that. So yeah. People clapping for us feels really good right yeah. now. <laughs> well, Chris. Thank you so much. This
0: was very, very fun for me. And I, uh, yeah, I appreciate you being open and honest. Like I knew you would be. Yeah, of course. Thanks. Yes. Yes. Chris. Number two. What a awesome chat. I really, uh, I've enjoyed these, uh, face-to-face chats I've had a lot recently, partially just because, uh, now I have a uh, house in which I can record a lot of this stuff and I'm uh, a little more settled than I uh, was previously. Cause I know people have given me feedback before saying the Skype conversations are cool, but like, I would always like it if you did it in person. And you know, I, I, I aim to please whenever I can Okay, so thank you very much, Chris. Thank you very much, Emily, who is his publicist, who helped set this bad boy up. I always appreciate that. And I always want to give out a shout out to the publicists because, uh, you know, it's kind of a thankless job. You know, just uh, thank those people. Right. Because they're making sure you are aware about the bands that are putting out cool music. So anyways, that is that. What do we have next week? We have Eric Imprata, who is the drummer for Night Verses, and he also plays in a band called The Fever who are recently, you know, playing some shows out and really kind of capturing a lot of people's attention. I I think some big things are in store for the band. Um, But Eric, actually, I ended up uh, knowing, even though I didn't know that I met him many, many years ago. But uh, really, really talented drummer, uh, really interesting individual. And we, uh, we go deep. It's super fun. And this one's in person as well. He came over to the house and we had some fun. So, yeah, that's all I got for this week. And like I always tell you, Please be safe, everybody. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.